1: Hey, no name-calling here. Just differing opinions going head-to-head. With CounterPoint. Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News
0: Radio.
2: Uh,
0: it is time for CounterPoint. It is 8.20 here on this Tuesday. So let's get her started. we got John Dwyer, chairman and director over at Aris Technologies, and Stephen Ledrew, broadcaster, lawyer, and home- homemaker.
2: Well, hey, i what else do you do? I said, well, you know, I do a lot of cleaning <laughs> and cooking. So
0: homemaker. Yeah. Kids and dogs saw so us. <laughs> okay. I Anything not to get that, that uh, par- former president of the <laughs> <laughs> Liberal Party. I, by the way. it wasn't crazy. I, yeah, well, yes, but I tweeted something about you with your Liberal policy, and uh, someone was quick to mention, well, he's not a Liberal anymore. And I said, thank God. He's well, uh, tolerable well, now. <laughs> know,
2: I am a classic Liberal. I gave a speech <laughs> two weeks ago about Liberalism yeah. and John Locke, and mm. you start to talk about the beginning of Liberalism, no one would recognize it anymore. So I am, I am a liberal. I just think that the liberals, in breaking down all the barriers around the world, have broken down the, bar- you know, the civility as well, which is why we have such a, a rotten, rotten government.
1: I really want to get nerdy right now about John Locke and talk about the distribution of land, but we all know that's not going to play a role.
0: No, it's not. Uh, (laughs) All all one of my listeners will understand what you're talking about. They'll put them to sleep. Let's talk about the story that is making headlines, and of course it has to do with Doug Ford. It is uh, just, I don't know, it's Tuesday, so there's got to be a controversy by now. But um, there are lots of questions whether or not the premier overstepped and got himself into a conflict of interest in... You know, changing things around with qualifications, you know. um, You know, did he step in and help get his friend Ron Tavener hired? Let me start with you on this, John, uh, because I'm looking at you. Where are you on this? Do you think that this is politics or do you believe that the premier has stepped over the line and might be in trouble?
1: I, I'll say one thing. I, I, I don't know if I have enough information to differentiate between the two, but the one thing that I think we should stop trying to do is try and describe this as Tammany Hall. And I understand that it's some 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 uh, opportunity for the NDP. I'd say the Liberal Party, but they don't really have many seats uh, provincially. But, they, you know, look, this is not what it's meant to look like. And I can understand that people are really upset But here's the other piece.
0: Uh, Do I look upset? Do not... Do you see one fleck of sweat on my brow? None. None. Dry,
1: just super-duper dry, like a martini. Um, (laughs) A a nice, tasty martini. A tasty... Yeah, okay, anyways. Um, Look, look. (laughs) Everybody needs to just calm down a little bit. Calm the hell down. Because we had 16 years of liberal reign in this province. And if you think that they didn't appoint their friends to high positions... With less experience than this gentleman, then just give your head a shake.
0: Right, but Stephen, that's the problem. Everyone's saying, but you're not supposed to be like the last government.
2: Well, but though, but you know what? The thing is, unlike the last government, at least we know what Tavern is getting paid as opposed to all those contracts for wind energy and everything else that went to liberal friends yep. of the government. True. And no one will ever know how many millions that they got. Tavern Billions. is, uh, And let me just full disclosure, I've known him not well, but I've, I've interviewed him for sure. years. Yep. And he is very involved with uh, the prevention of violence from you know, young people and street gangs. He is uh, a knowledgeable fellow. It did raise some um, some concerns when people said, "Well, he's Metro Toronto, and not OPP." But we've had OPP chiefs um, from Metro Toronto before, and uh, they can easily transfer back and forth. As far as I don't think there's any conflict of interest whatsoever, uh, and as far as the fact that he is well known to the to the premier. Uh, That's okay. I don't think there's anything wrong with putting people you know in there. And there are other people involved in this decision. And Taverner is an experienced guy and a qualified guy. And the other thing is, this is not like someone who's going to be sitting in judgment. People are saying, well, he's supposed to be above the premier. Well, you know, he's not a judge. He's not a commissioner or something like that. But he's also not Sandro
0: right. Lisi. Like the guy is yeah. actually the guy is actually uh, qualified, <laughs> and I think as Adrian Batcher, that, who I a just very
1: fair distinction. Well, and, it's and, not like some
0: guy on the street that Doug Ford used to hang out with, and he hired him in. I mean, I think Adrian Batcher brought up a very good point: is that in all of this, it's Mister Tavner. it's Ron Taverner, yeah. who's been kind of dragged through the mud like he was some hanger-on, cling-on mm-hmm. that needed some well, job.
1: And, and I'm, like and you, I'm a, you know, and, and Adrian was right, and as was Matt Gurney this morning when talking about the, the statistics of it. I mean, look, he, this gentleman. Uh, has been on the force for countless decades. He managed seven hundred people. Sure, he did run uh, uh, the Etobicoke district for the t- for, for for the Toronto Police. But look, this is not the first time that the premier and the people around his camp have been familiar with somebody in any iteration of time and uh, said, "Hey, look, here's a good person to play any, the role." Any
2: politician? There is not a politician in power in this country in any jurisdiction who has not said, well, I know this man or woman, right. and I know it be qualified, and let's, uh, let's put, put their name forward. And uh, the other thing you have to hand it to the premier on this one is that he had a press conference this afternoon, the and he addressed of- it. Yeah. He wasn't hiding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see where it goes. But again, it's I nowhere. it's not going to go. It doesn't matter, Stephen. Okay. It's Doug Ford. It does not matter. Ah, this no. is, you it's know, attack, NDP. attack, attack. And it's that's why. Well, yeah. But again, we'll see where it goes. And even if it doesn't go, it's just going to keep going. That's just the government, you know, and, and the situation we're in. Well,
2: that's the polarization as a result of the liberals gone wacky.
0: Well, you can blame. Yes. Your people, yeah. Um, A little bit, uh, let's talk about this one. Um, Catherine McKenna asking if she expects to see the same kind of rioting uh, that we've been seeing in Paris over the last uh, few days. And this is all to do with the green taxes that were being uh, forced down everyday people, you know, their throats in January. Well, this has been a nightmare for Emmanuel Macron, the French president. In fact, he canceled, which shocks me, he canceled the green fuel tax.
2: Well, he's responsible
0: Well, but he fueled, he he canceled it because apparently he listened to the people. Well, McKenna was asked, uh, you know, if she fears um, this kind of, uh, you know, implication, if the global politics will interfere with her green mandate. Here's what she said. Canadians understand the costs of climate change. They're paying the costs. I've had to call a rancher whose ranch literally burned down. Um, I met with paramedics that had to rescue people um, in flooding in Toronto. Um, We know people have died from extreme heat. Okay. Does the, does the minister, John, understand the difference between weather and climate change? And um, do you understand what she's talking about?
1: Can I, can, I, can I speak to the fact that she's acutely aware of the difference? For sure. Um, yeah, I, I would imagine she's pretty rational and somewhat intelligent. Uh, she's certainly proven herself to be that in many other circumstances. Give
2: me one. Yeah, I'm hold, like, wait, one. Let me one. just say
1: one thing. Hold hold. No, do, but I mean, you do have to back, name one. But pull back in the old reins. Look, the, the fact of the matter is here, in my humble opinion... That (laughs) (laughs) what happens in France, and more importantly, what happens in the EU as it relates to fuel is dramatically different than how we conceptualize our consumption of fuel, the purchase of oil, or the aggregate price of oil. But I'll get it. You're going into the weeds, though.
0: No, I'm not going into the weeds. People can't afford this green policy that's being rammed down. I understand that, but
1: it's different in France, and so to conflate the two is a little bit of... I don't. I, I want to use that word, Nick, Stephen Stephen got very upset at me when I used it last time. <laughs> it, it is it is a, a an unfair comparison. Plate. But what I'm saying here is th- is this: what happens in Canada around fuel and the fuel prices that we pay? We have yet to really understand the long term ramifications right, of it. Because,
0: but the carbon pricing's coming, and you've got a bunch of governments shoving it down people's throats. And they're I mean, look, I look at France, and I, I understand the differences, John. But the bottom line is. Um, the government there who was running on that, Stephen, like that's his kind of his signature piece, and he's had to now cancel it.
2: Yeah, I spoke to a, a resident of uh, Paris the other day about this, and he was very laconic about it. He said, well, you know what? We we, we Frenchmen, we have to get upset every now and then and throw <laughs> some rocks around. And he said <laughs> it's just you know a fact of life, but it is an eye-opener for Macron, and I disagree with John when he said there's such a big difference between France in Canada, well, there's a huge difference, yes, because in Canada, we could have gasoline at, uh, at 10 cents a liter. And we still would not be burning up the skies. I mean, this stuff from the Minister of McKenna about the floods and the fires and (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. And by the way,
1: well, great use of the word laconic, by the way. A real heartthrob. The fact of the matter is here, and again, to get back to it, we have significant problems, but I do not directly correlate them to what's happening in terms of the way that we're harvesting oil here in Canada. I think the problem is a lot larger than that, and this is just really a way to, like, shake the big bell in one hand, and then to make people forget about the fact that we are not properly harvesting and selling oil across the world that comes out of Canada. And that's all this is. We're using the the hysteria that's happening in France right now to saying that fuel, oh my God, it's scary. And you know what? It's it's, it's, it's unfair.
0: uh, I don't like, yeah, I don't, I don't. You're you're you're
2: mixing it up. What it is, is that people have to make a living and there are other ways to deal with "Quote climate change." First of all, we're gonna have climate change no matter what because that's the way God made it. And secondly, uh, you, you know, said God,
1: well, yeah.
2: And then uh, <laughs> I had to bring him in on my side somehow <laughs> on this one. And then the other thing totally here, like, with here you in it. the background there, yeah, we're really getting going. And then the other thing is that you know this whole tax on gasoline is just put on us by the elites of the world. You might as well give another $50 million of taxpayers' money to some other comedian, Trudeau, because this is not going to wash in Canada. And the minister, this minister, my question is, if she's going to Europe, I want to know whether she's going to take another hundredth assistance along with her
0: again on this trip, as she did to the Paris Accord two years ago. I want to know if she's going to fly on a pixie dust plane. <laughs>
1: Oh, that that elites well, language, it, yeah. everybody pick up on that, yeah. calling people elites. I right. there's, elites. A, there's a lot of lexicon happening here, friends. Yes, there you go. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. 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 Here's Alex Pearson on Global News
0: Radio. We are into the second round of counterpoint. We got John Dwyer facing off with Stephen Ladru. Good to have you both.
2: I think John called me a name in the first part, but I'm not exactly certain, Alex. That is correct. You say no name calling, but I don't know. I'm, I just don't know some of I words. Yeah. <laughs> I like not,
1: you're not gonna, you to have to you have anything to over tape four the syllables. I'm out of I
0: feel, I feel hurt. My feelings are hurt. No, oh, buckle up. You guys okay. are all so soft. Jesus. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the um, report that came out on uh, the whole boondoggle in India uh, not so long ago. Oh, Mr. Dressup? Yes. Mm. And security Mm -hmm. sources now telling Global News that they believe that Trudeau's office redacted the report to transfer the blame for security lapses in the trip. So they threw the RCMP, CSIS, and other intelligence agencies kind of under the bus, which is a fairly serious allegation, Stephen, because it suggests that the prime minister's office purposely washed this security report to mislead the public.
2: Well, first of all, we know that the report was redacted. There were a, yeah, lot, of, really. a lot of things you know, blacked out completely. And when someone says, well, it's for security reasons, we know that generally is bump, unless it's a real security report. And secondly, this is historical. So, I mean, what is relevant out of that report to future security concerns, aside from learning a lesson, I don't know. So the odds are that uh, some things that were, being, that were embarrassing to the PMO we're left out. And when we talk about the PMO, we aren't talking about security. Some of the news reports, Alex, over the last two days on this, or last day on this, are saying, well, the RCMP failed to tell the Prime Minister's security detail. And I used to be with the RCMP, and I used to be, you know, I I helped write CESAs years ago. I know a little bit about that. And the Prime Minister's security detail is the RCMP. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're one and the same. So whether there was someone... Who was in the PMO as civilian, who may have been overlooking some security? I don't know that, but I do know that uh, the reports were saying that this was not uh, communicated. That's absolutely baloney. So I I think there's a really real chance, a great chance, that there was something embarrassing that's left out of there. And we'll have to see if the Tories can put on enough
0: heat. Yeah, well, they are transparent, John. Uh, Just uh, don't go looking in this document for that.
1: Look, I'm not trying to say this is the Watergate Hotel all over again because nobody has enough flashlights. But at the end of the day, there's a very significant uh, uh, linkage between All things in politics that people feel a a fundamental distrust of, right? And it's because people cynical. Yeah, but it's because things do happen, just like in any corporation. If you run IBM or Shopify or uh, Canadian Tire or any other business.
0: But you're bringing terrorists and stuff along for the ride? Right? No. Yeah. It,
1: there yeah. are things that have to be handled. And right? by the way, jump all over me on this and be upset with it, and I get it. But in <laughs> Are the you real telling world, me that crap in happens? In the real world, down in the terroir, when things go sideways, you have to handle it. And so the problem here is really, it's all of us being so naive. Why are we so surprised to hear this? The government has been redacting files for time that's not the argument
0: though this is a government that took a bunch of people that should never have been there they ignored their intelligence they kind of threw the intelligence under the bus and by the way the real footnote I think to this issue is an article I read in uh, one of the Indian papers today they have not heard a word from this government in nine months there has not been one bilateral discussion they're saying they need a change of government before they continue discussions I mean Stephen that in itself is like uh, makes me cry
2: well the other thing is yes I understand that and because the, the cost is, is though, enormous this this government is the one that said you know we well our leader or Justin Trudeau said it's going to be new politics. It's going to be open and transparent and accountable.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's not, though. It's that, not. That, 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 that is some like televangelist version of you, uh, of reality as it relates you to don't, politics. Don't Let's game. just all just settle into the fact that some of the things are not actually going to be as transparent as we want are them to be. Are you kidding
0: me, John? No, I'm are not. Were you dropped on your head? What's no, going I on with you? You? Listen,
1: just, just because we're not. on a radio show doesn't mean we have to deviate from <laughs> reality, okay? <laughs> <laughs> this stuff happens. It's going to continue to happen, and the sooner all of us realize that the more that we try to Keep people accountable. It's it's the best. So you're but good with this. No. I'm just saying. No. So not it's minister not about being. John, go
2: John, ahead, Stephen. Should not the prime minister admit it, just like he did with you know the, the zero tolerance tolerance for sexual harassment until it came to him. Thought, oh, well, there's a new standard here, one for everybody else and a different one for me. And he is saying still the transparency. Should he not admit? that he's learned a little bit, he's grown up a little bit, and all that bump that he said when he was running the campaign, is just that.
0: But the, here's oh, the thing, here's what, here. The, the cost to this, to the economy from this trip is is not measurable. We don't have a trading deal with it. I mean, actually. it is, it is, that is a huge story that doesn't even get talked about because we're going to talk about Doug Ford all the time. However, John, the issue here is that there was major security breaches on this trip. Major, major, including a guy who's now in an investigation, Graywall, you know, who, who was also on that trip. They're, they're going to have more questions about. But they, the PMO's office, if you read the report, threw the entire, like, intelligence under the bus. They take no responsibility for anything and they redact everything T-terrific,
1: terrific terrific yeah. now now use your same framework and how you're f- how you're kind of positioning how you're looking at all of the things that went wrong mm. in, in what we're discussing yep. and apply the exact same thing to what's happening with the OPP now and Doug Ford. Uh, well, I haven't uh, seen
0: any security breaches. So if that happens, no, we will talk. It's all about information yeah. and how you position it. Oh, fine. Then if there's information, I'd like to see it. And if Doug Ford well, redacts it all.
2: Uh, Doug Ford had a press conference today and he, he answered all the questions. You may not like the answers. But I, I saw, not the whole thing, but I saw parts of it, and he answered questions. I don't see Mr. Trudeau out there saying, okay, here's the report, and it's unredacted, and, you know, hit me with your questions.
0: All right, let's talk a little bit, because uh, I don't have a lot of time, but I do want to get this in. The average Canadian family will be spending $411 more next year to fill the grocery cart because prices are going up between one5 to 3.5%. And interestingly, in this report, meat and seafood go down, but veggies skyrocket, and so, you know, look, if you're on a fixed income, John, this hurts.
1: I would agree. And, you know, you'd have to look at um, a lot of what's happening in terms of veggies domestically, but also being brought in from, you know, a lot of foreign countries. Um, and, and the unique portion to, to focus on is going to be things like the legumes, but also quinoa, uh, amaranth, barley, all of All the of things these. we
0: can't get to India because we don't have a trade deal. But, anyway, sorry. But I, more I, importantly, yep. all of the
1: items that tend to push this index up. Mm. And uh, that's also includes avocados. Mm. So a lot of things from the Andean region in South America that actually are, are, in my opinion, by the way, this seems like a really great piece, but uh, uh, having an, I would say an imperfect uh, uh, reflux on what's happening in, in the way that we're looking at these numbers. I actually don't take this to be as true as folks say that, that
2: well, it is. That's just my part. I don't know who did this study. As far as I'm concerned, it's like somebody saying, well, next year the stock market is going to be reaching uh, you know a, a high of this, whatever it is. And, and I just think that it's, it's, a, it's a piece of speculation. And it may be rooted in something where people are saying, well, there's going to be more demand for, as uh, that fancy friend, uh, fellow John says, legumes. I <laughs> thought we were back in uh, France again. Um, <laughs> I worked in agriculture for eight
1: years. What can I say?
2: Well, you know your business. I know spies. You know agriculture. So, I mean, the fact is that you know, we, we have more potatoes and we have more. We can have more production in Canada than we ever, ever need. Yeah. And so, if somebody's on a fixed income, they may not be able to uh, you know, buy legumes from France or... Uh, or other things from South America, but you can have a very good diet. And as a homemaker, I can tell you that, you know, you're, you're going to be buying wonderful <laughs> Canadian tea. What a nice segue. <laughs> that was
0: beautiful. Yes, was okay. Beautiful. I don't think Pusateria's is going to be lowering their prices on anything. Know, All
2: right. I know my prices.
0: I bet you do. All right, guys, i got to leave it there. Thank you for both of you joining always me. it was a pleasure. Stephen LeDrew and John Dwyer, always keeping us entertained.